0: Please turn again, if you would, to Romans chapter 3. We've still been working our way through Romans, trying to teach really on this matter of salvation and understanding the gospel how God intended it to be. And we've really looked at really the negative aspects of this. And it's not because that's just my mindset. It's the truth. And sometimes we have to listen to some hard truth in order to understand what will help us. We've spent much time dealing with the fact that we are sinners and that we are guilty before God and that God is not going to judge us based just on our actions. God's not going to put our good works on a scale and our and our bad works and then see which one outweighs each other. No, that's not how it works. God judges us because we're sinners by nature. And because we are sinners by nature, there is no way physically possible that we can escape that judgment of God. and We find in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, he says, For all have sinned. That's all means everybody. Every single person in this world has sinned. Every single person in this world has a sin nature. And so because of that sin nature, every person falls short of the requirements of heaven, which is absolute perfection, or the righteousness of Christ. And we fall short. It says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So there's no way by ourselves we can get ourselves to heaven. We're guilty. Well, then we started looking at this death. Sin causes death. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin... Is death that death? Is speaking of we could kind of look hand in hand with what we looked at yesterday. We're looking really now at the judgment of God, the wrath of God, and we don't think of God in those terms many times. We don't like to. It's 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 not a picture of God that we like at all. But sad to say, it is the truth, and that word if God was only loving, it, it, he just wouldn't be God. God, first and foremost, his, mo- his most important attribute is that first of all, he is holy. And his holiness requires that no sin can be in his presence, un- undealt with. And when we stand before God and he has long patience, He's long-suffering with us. He's given us plenty more than enough space to repent. And many of us plenty of more than opportunities to repent if we would choose to do so. But there comes a day when enough is enough and God says, you know what, have it your own way. There is a judgment day set. Hebrews chapter 9, I believe it is. He- Hebrews in chapter 9 and... Uh, I can't remember the, the specific verse at the moment. Hebrews nine and verse twenty seven I believe it is. It says that it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. Listen, my friend, I'm not trying to be trying to be mean one bit, but I need you to understand something. You have one life to live. That life goes by very quickly. It takes nothing. We're not guaranteed a 60 or 70 years. We're not guaranteed any amount of time. We don't know the death date. Only God does. But there is a day appointed. One day you will die. And in that day, there is a judgment set after your death that you will stand before God to be judged for your sin. And if you have not dealt with God on His terms, you will not stand in that judgment. There's only one way of escape. We've not dealt a whole lot with it yet, but we've referenced it much. And that way of escape is Jesus Christ, who's already paid the penalty for all sin. If we'll only accept Him, we can have His righteousness. And I'm getting a bit ahead of myself, but that's fine. That's okay. But listen, what we need to understand first of all, and many people, they they don't focus on this at all. We look at God as just, He's all loving. And He can never send people to hell, but you don't understand my God. He's first of all holy. And sin is a crime. It's high treason against God. God said, don't do it. We said, you know what, we're going to do it anyway. We deserve the judgment of God. See, in our natural state, we as sinners hate God. We are the enemies of God. You say, well, I don't believe that. Let me show you. In chapter Romans chapter 5, it's talking here about Jesus Christ. He says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. Now we're going to deal much with this passage here maybe in a, in a week or two. But notice this, in chapter t- in verse 10, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more than, or much more, being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Notice that we were enemies before salvation. I know there's other scriptures. My mind's drawing a blank right now. I believe it may even be in Ephesians. It talks about us being at enmity with God. The natural man is at enmity with God. The natural carnal man hates God. They want nothing to do with God. And we've seen that in just God's view of us. There's none that understandeth. There's none that seeketh after God. They're all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Sin is against God. Sin separates you from God. And that sin nature has caused a separation that is so great and so deep and so wide and so high that you could never, ever restore that fellowship with God. It had to be an outside source that would restore it. There had to be a mediator that could restore us. There had to be a penalty that was paid for restoration to happen. And that was all done in the God-man, Christ Jesus. This death, the, the wages of sin is death. Your sin is There's a payment for that. There's a penalty for that. There is punishment for that. It causes separation from God. Luke chapter 16 gives us an example of what happens at death for those that have not accepted Christ. For those that have not came through the door of Jesus Christ. It speaks of a religious rich man. A man that knows truths of religion. We find... He, in the text, he'll, he calls Abraham, Father Abraham. So he was a Jew, knew some things about the Jewish religions. And just even according to what we read at Romans 3, the Jews pri- prided themselves in their good works. And they thought, they were sure, that would get them into heaven. But God wasn't judging based on good works. It's always been by faith in God. We'll prove that later from chapter 4. But he was a religious man that thought he was going to be good. He was a very rich man, but he had not come God's way. And because he had not come God's way, the Bible says when he died, it says, and in hell he lift up his eyes being in torment. I don't preach the truths of hell simply just to scare you into getting saved. You can't hardly scare people nowadays anyway. They've seen too much. This world is a very cruel, gruesome place. But you need to understand and be fully aware that the judgment of God that you are under will send you to hell. What is hell? Hell is simply the punishment place of God until the judgment day. It's... It's like that period of time that you're in jail awaiting judgment from the court that will determine your final judgment. There's a day set called the Great White Throne Judgment, and in that day, every living person that has not accepted Jesus Christ will stand before God and will be judged based on what they've done with Christ in their life. That's that judgment day that is set. Even Paul, or, or I'm sorry, not Paul, but Luke tells us. It, actually, it may be Paul speaking here in this passage, but Luke's account of it. Paul is speaking to uh, the people in Mars Hill in chapter 17. He goes on in verse 30. He says, "But now, speaking of God, but now commendeth all men everywhere to be to repent, because He hath appointed a day in which He will judge the world in righteousness." By that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. So Jesus is going to be the judge. And there's an appointed day that you will stand before God, whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter. You will stand before God. And in that day, God will pass the final verdict. And if you stand before God in your sins, your final verdict will be, To be cast into the lake of fire for an eternity. Eternally separated from God in hell and then ultimately in the lake of fire. Eternal torment. Eternal judgment. Eternal punishment. The Bible speaks of that eternal punishment even. In Matthew 25 verse 46, and I'm just going to use this. This uh, verse kind of somewhat out of the context, but it has application here. And these shall go away, speaking of the wicked, and these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. If there is not a way that you can be declared righteous in this life, then you will stand before God as an unrighteous man, and you will be judged by the righteousness of Christ, and when you come short of that righteousness of God, when you come short of the glory of God, and you will, you will not stand before God. You cannot stand before God. And your penalty, that death penalty, that judgment on your sin, must be paid. And if you've not accepted the atonement which Christ has given for our sins, then you will stand before God and you will have to suffer the wrath and judgment of the Almighty God. My friend, I'm not trying to be mean this morning. I'm trying to give you the truth. I'm trying to warn you. Hell is a real place. The judgment of God is a real thing. Turn with me if you would, if you're able to, or at least listen. And listen closely. Hebrews. Hebrews is written to believers. But I want to draw your attention to to a specific verse. Now this is written to believers... under the chastening hand of God. But I want you to understand something about God. He's loving... He, he loves His children... but a disobedient child... He'll he, He'll punish. And let me just read some of the text... so you understand the context... but I'm going to pull an application from here. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 26... it says, For if we sin willfully after that... we have received the knowledge of the truth... there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins... But a certain fearful looking for the judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. Notice this about God. He says, For we know Him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, It is, the Lord shall judge his people. Notice this verse, though. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. And if you think that by some way you can escape the judgment of God, you're a fool. I mean that with all due respect, but you're a fool. If you think that you can escape the judgment of God, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. And when you stand before God in your sin, you have nothing to look forward to except the wrath and judgment and indignation of God. And He will judge righteously. And I don't know that there's any depth of punishment that can even be comprehended. That's how bad our sin is. It deserves that judgment of God. We'll pick up here tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 6 Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee 37803, or email back to the Book com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org.